WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Oh, what a glorious Saturday it is. We're one week away from NFL football with the Bills getting their season underway. College football, their season starts today, which is fun and exciting. UB got their season started on Thursday with a uh, big win over Wagner. 69-7 to was the uh, score in that one for UB. They get nice. the win. Corey with the obligatory nice. Thank you very much, good sir. And we're here uh, beautiful, beautiful day outside. It's going to be a gorgeous Labor Day weekend for everybody. Happy Labor Day weekend to everyone here uh, in Western New York. And we're on the air for the next three hours to talk plenty of Bills football, Sabres hockey, whatever comes your way in your mind. You can phone us up at any point, 803-0550 and 1-888-552-550 if you need the toll-free number. Brayton Wilson here filling in for Nate Geary on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in this uh, late morning and soon-to-be early afternoon with us. We're going to have uh, quite the lineup today on our show. We'll start off by going over what we've got planned for today. Sal Capaccio is going to join us at 11.30. We're going to get the latest on the bills. We're going to get the latest updates on when they're going to be back to work and so on and so forth. Uh, at noon, special guest coming uh, back onto the program. We're going to have Derek Kramer back in studio. He'll join me for the final two hours of the show to talk plenty of bills football with you and take your phone calls and Get in on the fun. 12.30, Joe Marino from the Draft Network and the Lockdown Bills podcast will join us, get his thoughts on the Bills, and then coming up at 1.15 this afternoon, got a little bit of a fun topic that we're going to talk about. And the uh, the guy who started that topic with me in the uh, WBEN newsroom is Mike Baggerman. Uh, we had that conversation. We'll bring it up at 1 o'clock, and he'll join us at 1.15. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on some of what's going on with, uh, with that. Not only that, I'll ask him about the Bills stadium as well because – uh, we had Ron Rakuya on the show, the executive vice president from Pagula Sports and Entertainment. He was on Thursday, not only here on WGR, but he was also on WBEN. And he had plenty of good insight on the latest on what's going on with stadium negotiations for the Bills, with the county, with the state, with the league. Uh, we'll get Mike's thoughts on that. But, of course, you can join us at any point throughout the show today. We're here for all three hours, 11 to 2. Join us, 803 
Toll free again, 1-888-552-550. You can reach me on Twitter at BJWilsonWGR. You can tweet the station at WGR550. Uh, Corey, I still believe, is on Twitter, right? Yep. You're not. You're not on another hiatus, or unfortunately. Every, okay. I mean, I think about it every now and then. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm. Do, I'm there. Okay. I'm hanging out. Uh, Corey with an E, by the way. Corey with an E. That's Griswold. The correct eighty spelling. Yep. That's correct. Uh, Griswold, as in like Clark Griswold. Too. Correct. Also yep. the correct eighty spelling. Yes. Very good. So you could reach out to him as well, and uh, yeah, text lines also open as well. And if you uh, don't know it by now, it is the same as the phone number. You can text us at. 716-803-0550 to join us, to get in on the show today, and uh, yeah, provide your input on everything that's going on in the world of sports, and especially everything that's going on with the world of Bills football. Uh, before we get that, I do want to give out the uh, some of the most notable games in the college schedule today, because again, the college football season does start today. So I'll quickly run down some of the uh, notable games that are going to be going on with uh, some of the top 25 teams. Uh, Oklahoma kicks off their season. They're ranked number two in the in the uh, nation this year. They're kicking off their season against Tulane. That game will actually be played in Norman, Oklahoma, but Tulane will serve as the home team. Good matchup between Wisconsin and Penn State at noon in Madison. That's uh, between the uh, Badgers and the Nittany Lions. Then at 3.30, this one's going to be a really fun one. Uh, Alabama, the number one team in the nation, taking on number 14, the University of Miami, the Hurricanes. That one will be played at Hard Rock Stadium. Or actually, no, that one's going to be played at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's that's a marquee matchup right there. Yep, that's big time. Big, 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 big time. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, by the way, that's that's his uh, alma mater going against um, McCorkle Jones. Matt, let's, McCorkle it, Jones' alma mater. It's elite season, Alabama. buddy. Like it's, It falls in the air. You're starting to feel it a little bit. And oh, college, yeah. College sports oh, yeah. is on TV elite. now. As of Monday, as of Monday, it marks the end of summer and the beginning of the elite season. It, it's like it's here. It like, is. It, once it is. college football's on, once football's right. on TV, it's here. I always see the fall as the, the start of fall as Labor Day. Labor Day marks the end of summer, the beginning of fall. That That's just how I go about it. I know according to the calendar year, it's not that way, but... That's the way I see it's it. It's why I get upset when like <laughs> hockey goes past Memorial Day because like yeah. Memorial Day to Labor Day should just be that's spiritual summer. So like winter sports, get out of here. If you want to start hockey earlier, like if you want hockey to start in September, do that so that you can stop interfering with the sanctity of our cultural seasons. And Labor Day is when like okay, we're ready for Bills football, we're ready for college football, ready for Premier League soccer. Like let's go. Real quick hot take here, Corey. I think hockey season should start sooner than it does. Agreed. Hockey should start um, roughly at... <sighs> yeah, it should be I think starting regular, now. I think the regular season should start, like, last week, September, like, early first week. Well, usually it does, but I, I'm saying, like, start a couple weeks earlier than when it normally does. So, like, second to last week, last week of September, uh, because... Hockey in June is just really weird. The, uh, it's really weird. Game for me. seven of the Stanley Cup final should be Memorial Day. It should be no either, later than Memorial. Right. Day. It should be either Memorial Day or like the very last day of May. Correct. Do not extend it into June anymore. And not no. only that, but hockey leagues all across the all across the world right now are actually already underway. Like the KHL's already started. Yep. I think the Swedish Hockey League starts this upcoming week. 
uh, you know, like the Czech League's already started. Mm-hmm. The Finnish yeah. League is about to Let's get go. underway. Let's go. Right. And the NHL, I mean, I get it. Everything's kind of been pushed back because of the pandemic. But the NHL season's not starting until October 12th or 12th, 13th. And the Ugh. Sabres don't have their first game until the 14th. T- like Ghastly. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe ghastly. maybe once they get everything kind of back on track, which they're almost that way, they they you know they had to start a week later. But once they get everything back on track finally, then maybe they'll make the the executive decision. Oh hey, let's start the season actually earlier. It's not even and a go good from there. sport. Like come on, get it together already. <laughs> Stop taking up everybody's time. So there's there's my there's my quick um, hot take of the day. Start the NHL season. Much sooner than it is. Uh, And then also uh, the last game that I'll bring up here. This one is even, I mean, arguably as much of a doozy as the Alabama-Miami game. Clemson against Georgia. Clemson's number three in the nation. Georgia's number five in the nation. That'll be taking place at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Really good matchup there. That game's kicking off at 7.30 tonight. So uh, some good college football action to open up the season. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're here. We're, we're going to talk uh, mostly Bills football today. If you have any college thoughts, you're more than welcome to join us at any point. But... Um, the Bills topic today that I mean we're only we're eight days away now from the start of the season. Uh yeah, this is this is really, really exciting that we're just a short amount of time away from Bills football getting kicked off and and for real this time because I mean we've had the three preseason games. We didn't even have any preseason games last year. It was just, oh hey, we're playing football this day. It counts starting then, and you go from there. And the Bills fared very well. They went 13 and 3 last season, won the AFC East pretty handily. Really wasn't much of a competition. They finished second in the AFC, only behind Kansas City. And uh yeah, that was the only team that they could not beat. Yesterday, uh, last year, uh, as they were trying to make their way to the Super Bowl, but of course, 2021, New Year, you wipe the clean slate, or you wipe the slate clean, and you look ahead at the new regular season. Now, obviously, it's a new season. The Bills have preached this for the past few years. Every year is a new year. You kind of just you, you don't necessarily forget what happened the year before, but you you don't let that affect you. You you just kind of again. Wipe the slate clean, you start over, and you focus ahead on the game that's coming up next. And for the Bills, that's the regular season opener, which is going to be next Sunday, September 12th, against the Pittsburgh Steelers at High Mark Stadium. Really fun, exciting times. So with just eight games to go or eight days to go until game one for the Bills this upcoming season, what are some of the storylines that you're looking forward to following closely as the season goes along? I'm not looking, I'm not saying the specific storylines for this upcoming game. Uh, I'm talking about the storylines as the season goes, from game to game, uh, from month to month, from week to week. What are you looking forward to following along with the most? You can join us with that topic, 803 I encourage the phone calls. I encourage the texts. I encourage the tweets. And, you know, I'll give my perspective because I've got a few things that I'm looking forward to following along with here as the season goes. You can give me your top three, your top five. You can give me just one if you want. I don't even care how you want to how you want to go about it. I've, I've got a list. I'm sure everybody else has got a list of things. But give me your top storyline or storylines that you're following along with as the season goes along. 
I'll start off with uh, with one of them. I don't necessarily have a top five or a top three. I just have a list of them that you know I'll bring up here, and, and Corey, you can you can provide and, and give your thoughts on it too. But looking ahead to some of the storylines, and again, this is weird because for this Bills team, this Bills team this year, arguably one of the most looked at teams around the NFL, along with the Chiefs, along with the Buccaneers, uh, along with the Packers. And people can look at this Bills roster, look at this Bills team, and say, this team probably should find themselves in Inglewood come February for Super Bowl 56. This is a team that should be in the discussion to be a team that can compete for a Super Bowl, that can arguably be a team to win the Super Bowl, not just be in the big game. The Bills have already done it four times. They did it four straight times, and unfortunately, all four times, didn't win. This time, this team should be looked at seriously as a contender. So it's not just like we're looking ahead and, and thinking, who's the quarterback, though? We know it's Josh Allen. Josh Allen finished second in MVP voting. There's nothing to worry about with Josh Allen at this point. I mean, knock on wood. And you know what? We wouldn't have to worry about injury, but Josh Allen's healthy coming into this season. If, He's been healthy. If something were going to be wrong with Allen, people would have been saying it about camping. Right. Like, they would have said his, he's missing guys, he's throwing motions off. It's been the opposite. Like, everybody's been talking about, like, how sharp the offense looks, how oh, yeah. sharp Allen looks. Sal, Sal brought, has brought it up numerous times. He'll probably bring it up today. The offense looks flawless throughout training camp. And in that game against the Packers, when we saw uh, the nearly full first-half action with Josh Allen in under center, the offense looked pretty darn good. Uh, Allen started the game nine for nine and looked like he was hitting guys with precision, with good timing, uh, hitting the guys in stride. And this team, this offense, everything about the Bills heading into this season should be being talked about a lot, not only here locally, obviously, but throughout the entire league. Yeah, it appears the battle station is fully operational. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done a great job of building this upcoming roster and, and, and building the team that they're going to implement going forward. I mean, we've had the roster cuts already. We know what the 53-man roster looks like. We know what the practice squad looks like. Some of the guys that you know uh, that, that could factor in down the road later on this season. We'll see where it all pans out. But there, the one thing, there's a lot of things on my mind looking at this team. But the one thing that we don't have to, to worry about, obviously, is some of the biggest questions like, who's the quarterback, though? Uh, you know, you know, is, is there going to be, uh, <laughs> is there turmoil or anything like that? And none of, no serious questions. Everything's kind of at a micro level with with where we're focusing on this team. And a lot of these questions that I'm kind of like looking forward to, the storylines that I'm looking at, are on a very small scale. You know, you don't have to worry about your your starting wide receiver. That's Stefan Diggs. You don't have to worry about your starting cornerback. That's Tredavious White. You know, um, you know the offensive line. They've they're for the most part back all together once again going into this offseason. There were questions surrounding you know who's going to play the guard, whether it's Cody Ford or Ike Bodker or whatever. But a lot of the questions and the storylines going in is kind of like those secondary positions those secondary uh topics that we've that we've kind of focused in on all throughout training camp and all throughout the preseason and going into the regular season 
I think one of the main positions that we're all going to be looking at and kind of focusing in on here, and and this has just been a, a position that's been of topic a lot, is quarter, cornerback number two, Dane Jackson versus Levi Wallace. That's that's my first storyline that I'm following, and in particular, I'm not even I, I'm not even going to throw Dane Jackson in the discussion here. I'm focusing more on Levi Wallace. I will admit I've been very hard. On Levi Wallace and his Bills tenure, <laughs> there there have been times that I've tweeted out. I would I would say, I don't think Levi Wallace is it, man. I don't think that he's got what it takes to be corner number two on this team opposite Tre'Davious White. And then two games later, he comes back, makes some great play, whether it's an interception or a really nice pass breakup in the end zone or or some good coverage that he has, and. You know, people are, you know, saying, oh, this is old tweets exposed or whatever. Cold takes exposed, that account. Sending that along there uh, and and saying just like, oh, what what are you talking about? Levi Wallace is fine. Here's here's the storyline that I want to follow along with Levi Wallace this year. Can he, first off, stay healthy? And second off, really start to run away with that corner two spot going forward into this season? I really hope that I can see finally some confidence with Levi Wallace going into his what is this now? His fourth season, I think, with the Bills, third season with the Bills. Either way, he is a guy that I think this year can really start to separate himself from Dane Jackson. And everybody, especially Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, talks about how no matter what the competition is, with him for that corner two spot, he manages to find a way to win that spot time in and time out. And this year from Levi Wallace, I want to see if he can really truly run away from the pack, from the rest of the corner, the secondary, and not only stay healthy, but really supplant himself as that second corner on this team. And again, it was great. He is... He's a guy that was undrafted out of Alabama. He comes to Buffalo. He he makes a name for himself right off the bat. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's fighting for this corner two spot for, for the past few years now. And this year is really the first chance that he's going to get where he can be, you know, hey, I'm here. This is this is my job to take now. And I don't think Dean Jackson's necessarily done enough to take over that second cornerback spot. So we'll see how that plays out, but I really want to see, uh, I really want to see Dane Jackson, or um, I want to see Dane Jackson do well, obviously, but I really want to see how Levi Wallace can handle this year and really take that next step in his game to pull away from Dane Jackson, to pull away from Saran Neal, pull away from whoever else is playing corner. Taron Johnson's going to play the slot corner. He's been doing that for the past few years, and he's going to continue to do that. And uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Levi Wallace really take that next step. Another headline I'm following heading into the upcoming season is the running back position. We're looking at the running backs. We're looking at Devin Singletary. What we saw from Singletary in the preseason looked good. He looks like he's got a little bit more burst. He looks like he's hitting the holes a little bit better. He looks like he's he's just running better with the football. Last year uh, it was kind of concerning. It was 
year two for Devin Singletary. And I think by the end of the season, we were seeing Zach Moss getting more carries with the football before his ankle injury did him in for the, for the playoffs and in, in the, uh, the wild card game against the Colts. Same thing with Zach Moss. Like, Zach Moss, how healthy is he? He looks pretty darn good. He looks darn near close to 100%. I know he had, I think he had a little bit of a nagging issue during training camp, but by the third game, he looked just fine. He caught a touchdown pass from Josh Allen against the Packers. Even Matt Breida. We've seen Breida have some really nice bursts of speed in the preseason And at training camp, it seems like he's had a couple of opportunities to show off his speed and his ability to hit the holes and and really take off. So we'll see how this running back position plays. I'm really looking forward to seeing how each running back kind of affects the offense. You know, Devin Singletary is a guy... When he first came into Buffalo, he he the way he moved and the way that he kind of had that shiftiness to him reminded me a little bit of LaShawn McCoy. And seeing him in his earlier days with the Bills and just how quickly he could kind of like just make a nice little stutter move and and, and create more space for himself so then he can hit a, a, a hole or hit a spot where he could take off and gain some extra yardage. Last year, we didn't necessarily see so much of that from Devin Singletary, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if year three we can really see him take that next step and, and, and get himself back in that sort of echelon as potentially being the number one running back. Zach Moss is a guy that, you know, he's a guy who's, who's known for being a, a good pass blocker or being a, a good uh, asset that way and also being kind of that power running back uh, from the backfield. Can he take that next step in his game on on top of staying healthy? Or Matt Breida, is he going to be the guy that firmly shows off that, hey, uh, what I did in San Francisco is legitimate. I could be that that speed guy. I could be the fastest guy on this team. I know Isaiah McKenzie will have something to say about that. But, you know, is he going to show everybody, um, not only the Bills, but also in the league, that I'm one of the fastest running backs in the damn league? I hit a hole, no one's catching me. That running back position this year for the Bills is going to be so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to watching every single snap that that goes to one of those running backs and seeing which guy can separate themselves from the rest of them or if all three of those guys will just continue to go along and, and contribute all sort of different ways for the offense and help the team be a really good threat, not only in the air, but also on the ground again. Another storyline I'm really looking forward to is seeing the difference that the defense will have with Star Latula back. And I know a lot of people are probably going to agree, but with Latula back in the fold, how much does that affect Ed Oliver's game? How much does that affect Tremaine Edmonds' game? How much does it affect everybody else on the defensive line or in the linebacker group? Because I think Star Latula again... He was a guy that before last year when he opted out, everybody knew, well, he's a guy that can take up two blockers. He, he's just big. He's got the ability to take up two guys, which can open a hole for a linebacker to come through or open a hole for a guy like Ed Oliver who who can get low, who can cut under guys really nice and, and, and hit a spot where he can get into the backfield and make a tackle or sack a quarterback or, or just affect pressure. Like Starla Tulale is a guy that is never going to put up these big stats, but there's a reason why he was brought in, and it showed in 2019 especially when that defense started to play really well, especially towards the later part of the season, and 
to have Latulale back in the fold, how much is that going to affect some of these other guys, especially like Tremaine Edmonds? Tremaine Edmonds, sure, he gets his fifth-year option from the Bills this offseason, this past offseason. But a, a lot of questions are still surrounding, and, and, and even Tremaine Edmonds is a storyline himself. How much can he really start to prove to the Bills, the fans, the league, why he was drafted 16th overall in the 2018 NFL draft? He's one of the younger guys still in the NFL. He's going into his fourth year in the NFL, and as Sal pointed out, I think yesterday, he's still younger than some of the rookies that are coming into the NFL this year. I mean, that's really impressive to see a guy like Tremaine Edmonds be as young as he is and still have that potential of blossoming into something more. That I need to see, though, this year. I think everybody needs to see this year that Tremaine Edmonds can be a guy that's that's not just a guy that, you know, can he be better side to side? Can he can he move around uh, in in his position much better than he has in his first three years in the league? Is he a guy that really can be a true impact middle linebacker in this league? Um, sort of like a, a Luke Keekley was in in Carolina. Now, granted, Keekley might be arguably the greatest middle linebacker or one of the greatest linebackers just period to ever play in the NFL. But can Edmonds take that next step and, and start to really show to everybody that, hey, there's a reason why I was taken 16th overall. I could be a guy that is super reliable down the middle and a guy that could get paid in the league. <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally, it, 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 the discussion this year, a lot of it was, oh, hey, you know, what about Matt Milano? We, you know, he's going to probably hit the free agent market. We're going to lose him. Can Tremaine Edmonds step up? Well, tr- Matt Milano resigns with the Bills for four years. He's back in the fold. So, with him back in the fold, now Edmonds has to has to go out and say, okay, well, I got my fifth-year option. I got two years left of my contract, and I do want to get paid, and I want to stay with the Bills. So now it's all about going out and trying to prove to everyone that he's worth the payday. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, not only how Tremaine Edmonds looks going into year four with the Bills, but also how he's going to look with star Latulale back in the fold. But I feel like I've already given a lot of my headlines. I feel like I've talked a lot. I want to hear your headlines. I want to hear what you're looking at and what you're looking forward to watching most with this Bills team going into the 2021 season, which begins in eight days. The Bills play the Steelers in eight days at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. I'm pumped. I hope you guys are pumped as well. 803-0551-888-552-550 are the numbers. You can text us. You can tweet us. You can call us with your thoughts as well. Zach's storyline. My storyline I'm following, number one, is Bill's defensive coverage versus tight ends. Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, and now Pats have both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. That's a good one, Zach. That is a very good headline to follow because, again, we saw Travis Kelsey in the AFC Championship game completely, completely take advantage of the Buffalo defense and their, and their coverage game. He was all over the field, catching everything from Patrick Mahomes, gaining extra yardage, and it wasn't just him. It was also, you know, Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman. Uh, the Chiefs in that AFC Championship game, they really exposed the Bills quite a bit. But how did the Bills bounce back from that? That's a good storyline, Zach. I like that. Let's take a quick phone call. 
Uh, we'll go to Frank in Williamsville with his thoughts on what, uh, his storyline that we, he wants to see. Frank, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Look, you just hit the hit the nail on the head with the last storyline you talked about with the uh, the Bills against the defense of the Chiefs, um, and that's why I'm calling it. You know, I've been through it all with with Joe Ferguson, to, to Kelly, to now Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong, I, I love this team. I think they, they look like they're ready to go blow the doors off of people. Um, but I'm still wondering if, if there's any room for doubt in Josh Allen's game regarding big games like Kansas City. And I'm, I'm really interested in to, uh, what, see what happens in that game in the regular season because. I mean, Josh had three uh, three uh, playoff games last year, and I don't think he played to his best in any of the, of the playoff games. And I'm I'm wondering if if he still has it in him to improve himself enough to get past that point, or if that's as high as his level is going to take him. And we're not going to know until the end of the year because um, as a, as a long term Bills fan, like I say, I'm not going to be satisfied with an AFC Championship. I, I want a Super Bowl win this time. You know, I yeah. Mean, we had, we went through Kelly. Kelly was awesome, but he wasn't good enough to win the big one. Obviously. But uh, so, so I'm wondering if you guys see any kind of room for it. For, there's got to be some room for doubt in your mind, a little bit of it, but it, at least. As much as I love this team, I love the coaching staff. I love the, how they got these new players. It looks like, it looks like the second team could beat most of the team in the league. But, but until they beat, beat Kansas City and uh, show that Chelsea, prove they have a way to stop Chelsea and, and, and Mahomes, I'm going to have just a doubt in, my, in the back of my mind to, to see if, if they could. And, and like I said before, I love Allen. I think he's got a great arm. I think he can do things that no other, no other quarterback in the league can do. But he still, in those three games, Baltimore, uh, uh, the Colts, and uh, the Chiefs, he did not look like he had that, that normal swagger. And I can understand why. He was his first time around in, in that start in the playoffs. But I'm interested to think, hear what you guys have to say about that. Yeah, no, Frank, thanks for the phone call. I definitely, uh, with Josh Allen, <laughs> I, I, I really liked what I saw from Josh Allen last year. And, I mean, I don't know anybody that would say, well, I didn't like what I saw from Josh Allen mind you, but I think you bring up some good points there, Frank. I, I really want to see what, what Josh Allen can do more of going into next season. Can he build off at all what he did last year as he finished second in the league in MVP voting behind Aaron Rodgers? And Aaron Rodgers was good in his own right, but you know there were, there were some games that I saw Aaron Rodgers doing what Josh Allen was doing, and you know, but I mean... I, I really want to see if Josh Allen can take that next step in his game. I, I really do, and, and be able to assess coverages better. Uh, and, and not only that, but how can he bounce back from a game against the Chiefs where the Chiefs really did a good job of, of finding pressure on him and taking away some options and, and really uh, limiting his abilities. And I think another thing, too, that... I think this is just any with any quarterback that I, I see with it's not just Josh Allen, but it's been in the past with teams that take away or I mean, not take away, but that eat up a lot of the clock teams that eat up the clock and, and teams that keep opposing offenses off the field. And I'm, I'm talking about Bill Belichick, you know, offenses here, the Tom Brady offenses that keep the opposing offense off the field. How can Josh Allen make the most out of that time in order to help his team win football games like that? And I think we saw it a little bit in the preseason game against Packers. Mind you, I get it. It's preseason. We don't want to take too much out of preseason. But I think the one thing that I saw in the preseason that I really liked was just the efficiency of the offense, and not only that, but also the ability to eat a lot of time off the clock. There were so many long drives in that game against Green Bay 
And Josh Allen, I think, was out there for three, four offensive drives, and all of them, with the exception of one of them, was a really long drive. Uh, So... I really want to see how the offense under Brian Dable, under Josh Allen, really takes that next step going forward. And if Josh Allen can do that, I think that he could win NFL MVP this year. 803-0550. Frank, thanks for the phone call. Anybody can call in at any point. Uh, again, we'll have Sal Capaccio coming up next here. I'll get his thoughts on what maybe some of his storylines are going forward into the next season. We'll get the latest on the Bills. Derek Kramer will join me at noon. We'll talk plenty of football there. He'll join me in studio for the final two hours of the show. We'll have Joe Marino at 1230, and then we'll have Mike Baggerman coming up at 115 for a fun discussion that we'll have for the final hour of the show as we head into Memorial Day weekend here on WGR. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Gary Sells coming up next on WGR. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Channel. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Sal Capaccio joining me right now on the Western Hotline. Sal's appearance on WGR brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And Sal's joining me right now. Brayton Wilson here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sal, good morning. How are you doing on this fine Labor Day Saturday weekend? It's great. It's a great day out. Um, it's a great weekend weather-wise. I think it might turn a little bit later, but let's take advantage of today for sure. Sal, I was able to catch you a little bit on your uh, on your uh, high school coverage yesterday. You called what Lakeshore and West Seneca East yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I did. Yeah, I did. Hope you hope you enjoyed it. Uh, myself and uh, Len Jankowitz, longtime Section Six coach over in Lancaster. Uh, we've we've been you know paired together and partnered for several years now uh, on those games. But last year, no games. So it was so good to get back to uh, calling high school football again, seeing the fans, seeing the players. A beautiful new stadium out at West Seneca East. Um, it was a big victory for them. But I'll tell you, Dan Russell and Lakeshore. Uh, he's building it the right way, and he's got some good young athletes, and they're going to be just fine. So thanks for watching. Yeah, very good. Excellent. Uh, high school season officially getting underway yesterday, so plenty of good high school football action on Fridays coming your way, and you could catch Sal doing high school games all throughout the high school season over on Spectrum uh, Spectrum News, Spectrum Sports, wherever you get your Spectrum channel, uh, you can find him <laughs> there. Spectrum News 1, we call it Spectrum now, News 1. Okay. Uh, thanks for clarifying, just because I, 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 <laughs> no I didn't want to get it wrong. I just thought about it. I'm just like, what are they even called? There's all different now? ways to say it. I know it's been things over the years, but <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's where we're at these days. Right. Sal Capaccio joining me right now on the West Her Hotline. All right, Sal. So the topic of the day today uh, we'll get to in a little bit is kind of some big storylines that we're going to follow, not just heading into week one, but throughout the entire season for the Bills. But let's get an update on what's been going on with the Bills this past week. Obviously, uh, it's a little bit of a different way they're approaching the regular season now. On top of having the extended uh, regular season schedule, they've added sort of an essential, like, extra bye week for all teams this year with the way that the preseason's kind of gone. You know, how has that approach been going for the Bills heading into their regular season opener? You know, I, I've been wondering for months, Brayton, how this would look for all teams because it is unique. It's different, and there's no there's no kind of reference point for anyone to go through this. And we know how much Sean McDermott really plans things in detail, of course. And, you know, he thinks about, you know, every possible possible scenario and how to go about it. And And I would think that, 
you know, 32 teams, you probably have 32 different ways to kind of approach this. But one thing that's the same is built into the CBA, players are gone. There can't be any practice uh, this weekend. I'm sure they're coming back on Monday. I would think practice back on Tuesday. But that is one of the other parts of this. When the NFL went to a 17-game regular season over 18 weeks, they also reduced preseason to three games. That's not changing. That's going to be continuing on until the life of the collective bargaining agreement. Now, they could actually reduce preseason even more, but they can't put a fourth game on. They can't go back to four. They can go to two. They can go to one. They can go to zero if they want. I don't expect that. They're going to keep it at 17 games. They're going to keep it at three games, most likely in the preseason, for the next you know eight, nine years over the life of the CBA. Mm-hmm. So teams are going to use this year as more of a reference point going forward. And what Sean McDermott said was he's trying to find his own space on how to how to make sure the roster is exactly where they need it to be, cultivate that, work on everything they need to work on, but also prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, when they come back on Tuesday, it's all Steelers. I can tell you that. But for the last couple of days, it was more about a balance between their roster themselves and preparing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Sal, when we're looking at this extra week in, in terms of injuries, who's this going to benefit the most? We know that we know that Harrison Phillips is going to be out for a bit. Um, did the team officially place him on IR? No. The only person that was placed on injury reserve after final cuts mm-hmm. was Marquez Stevenson, okay. the rookie wide receiver. So okay. he is gone right. for three weeks. He's gone. He has to miss at least three games. Uh, other players who've been injured, like Harrison Phillips, Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie, Dane Jackson, um, actually, including all of them, uh, Sean McDermott said, and Brandon Bean said, actually, they would they will not rule any of them out for week one. And okay. the fact that none of them went on IR, Brayton, tells me there's a chance. Now, at the very least, I think the team is confident they'll get them back within three games, or they would have been put on IR, because mm-hmm. they could have just done that to save the roster spot. So, um, the only player who will definitely miss this week with an injury that we know of this coming week is Marquez Stevenson. Okay. All right. Very good. So, um where do I want to go here with this one? Just um, oh, by the way, uh, Micah Hyde. Anything that has been disclosed on what's going on? I know, I know you listed him with personal reasons, but has there been anything? Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. Um, I know. I all I'll say is I'm. I know his wife had been pregnant, or she she uh, she's okay. been pregnant for a while. Okay, that's what I'll say. So so I'm assuming it's something related to that, and I don't think there's anything that Bills fans should worry about. So what what's going to be the focus here going into this upcoming week of practice? They're, I'm guessing they're practicing. They're going to their normal practice routine where they get on the field Monday, they have Tuesday off, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to practice. Is it more about just establishing that routine this week, or is that also, or is it more of um, with a heavy focus on Pittsburgh. I know that Sean McDermott mentioned it's trying to find that heavy, that that nice, even balance, finding that happy medium. But now does that shift more towards really honing in on Pittsburgh and, and trying to um, break them down from whatever preseason tape they have? It's 100% on the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. This is game week. This is preparation. This is a... This is game plan. They're going to they're gonna walk in. They're going to come back or ride back in Buffalo on Monday, I would assume. And when they hit the practice field on Tuesday, it is all about preparing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is now week to week, Pittsburgh, then Miami. They're going to they're gonna be preparing for every single game now as they normally would. The only difference this week is Monday will not be, you know, a normal Monday and Tuesday won't be a normal Tuesday. Normally during the week, I'm, I'm assuming this will stay the same this week. Sean McDermott does it this way. Players normally have off on Tuesday, but because of the Labor Day weekend, they'll be practicing on Tuesday, and I'm assuming they might be off on Thursday or sometime else throughout the week, uh, but it'll be a little bit different. They'll get them back on Tuesday. That's the only thing that changes, but otherwise, it is all 100% game plan for Pittsburgh, and it's funny you say, you know, the the, the limited preseason tape, but let's remember, they have the same head coach. 
Mm-hmm. The same starting quarterback who's right. been in this league for a long time. The yep. only thing that's really different is their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to have to figure out you know, what they're trying to do. But this is a team, Pittsburgh, that the Bills are familiar with. Two big games the last two years, Sunday night in Buffalo, Sunday night in Pittsburgh. But on the flip side, as Sean McDermott pointed out, the Steelers are familiar with the Bills as well. Yeah. What do you make of the Steelers this this from this past offseason, Sal? I know that, you know, they have the new offensive coordinator, but a lot of the, the offense especially is returning. But what do you make of this team going into this year? Because they, they had such a great start to start last year, pandemic time and everything. Then it really fell apart for them in the later part of the season. They, they kind of get embarrassed in the playoffs against Cleveland. Uh, is this a team that we're starting to see on a on a big downward trend where maybe we're we're thinking about they're trying to rebuild, or is this a team that maybe this year they might see it as okay, we got one more year left of fits. Let's go all out and let's try to win the whole damn thing and then go from there. This is a Pittsburgh team that is still trying to win in the window with Ben Roethlisberger. If they were if they were rebuilding in any sense, they would have moved on from Ben. Um Mike Tomlin's still there. Ben Roethlisberger's still there. They want to com- compete and contend and try to win the division and then try and win a championship. I don't think they have that talent level right now. I think especially on the offensive line, I think that is a, a point of issue for Steelers fans and media who've covered the team you know, throughout camp and preseason. It goes back to last year. And they're, I think they're concerned about you know, how good this offensive line can be. Um, and you know, I think that's the advantage the Bills might have with all of the additions they made on the defensive line. If the Bills are going to you know, go into this game and, and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think their number one advantage comes in on the Bills' defensive front seven and hopefully getting Sarlatulele back. He has been injured. He's had a calf injury the last couple of practices. Hopefully that'll happen. But you know, with Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and F.A. Obata, along with Jerry Hughes and Mario Edison and that group, I think that you know, the Bills are hoping and I think looking at maybe that being an advantage for them. But the Steelers, for sure, are not a team that's just mailing it in and starting over. Uh, they are trying to win. They're trying to win a championship, and that's who they are. Now, I, I think part of that, though, is if you talk to, and I've, I've talked with some media people in Pittsburgh who said, but that's the wrong approach. They should have rebuilt. They're not a good enough team to win a championship. But when you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you have this high standard, you kind of fool yourself into thinking we're going to be that good every year and we're going to compete every year. So, you know, you, you, your ego kind of takes over thinking you're good enough to do that. I just mm-hmm. don't see this team being good enough to do that. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR. Again, Sal's appearance brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to sock up, it is the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? All right, Sal, I'll ask you the uh, the question that I've kind of opened up the show with today and we're going to have a, a heavy discussion with going on throughout the rest of the show. Uh, main headlines heading into this season and you're going to be watching throughout the entire season. It's not just heading into this opening game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are some of the main headlines, storylines that you're going to be following with this team throughout the entire season? What are you focusing on in particular? Do you have anything in particular that you're looking forward to? Yeah, you know, for me, it's more about the big picture storyline, which is, you know, this is a different kind of year to follow this team from all the other years of, you know, covering them for the last 10 years that I've done that professionally. I'll go back to, you know, when they went to four straight Super Bowls. Those years, it was not about week to week. It was about, you know, you expect them to win. You expect them to be right in that mix. Can they get that number one seed? Can they win the division, get the number one seed, and host the AFC Championship game? And every game to me is about that. Every game that they they go out there, they're, they're going to be favored to win in almost every contest this year. We know that. Um So the storyline for me is, can they do enough throughout the season to maintain that level 
to basically beat the Kansas City Chiefs out for the number one seed. Does that mean beating them in Kansas City in, what, week five on a Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you need to do that. It doesn't mean that it's completely fatal if you don't do that. There's certainly a way to still get it, but then you'd basically have to beat them out overall, whereas if you beat Kansas City, you can actually beat them, uh, you know, you you get the uh, tiebreaker because you had the head-to-head. But really, that's the storyline for me. Everybody maintaining that level of excellence that they they really had last year, especially Josh Allen. And, of course, Josh is a storyline. Um, he's the quarterback. He just got $258 million. He was the runner-up to league MVP last year. But I, I don't think that that's going to be anything that we're going to be sitting here going, wow, like wh- why is Josh Allen taking a step back? You talked about it a little bit earlier. It seems like that's pretty set, especially with Brian Dable back and Ken Dorsey back. I, I don't see that being an issue. But I think certainly that Josh now, because he is in, in name, in recognition, and in money, the franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future and someone that they believe can take them to championships, of course he's going to be the storyline all year. All right, Sal. So uh, I I had heard that you would ask Brandon Bean earlier in the week uh, <laughs> how many college games he's going to be taking in, and he's taking in huh. five. Right? He he's going to be at. Yeah, five. we don't know which ones for sure though. <laughs> yeah, because I was just about to say that that seems like a lot for. Uh, the opening weekend of college football. But, hey, it is the opening college week of football. Is there any game in particular that you're going to be following as the day goes on? Oh, I'm going to be following everything. Um, I might head out to a high school game here in a little while as well. Um, I am a Mater Cleve Hills at home against Maryville. It's been a rival over the years. Yeah. I have friends All on right. Maryville's side, but you know I'll be where I'll be. I'll be cheering on my blue and gold. Sorry to my Maryville friends, but that's just the way it's <laughs> got to be, right? Um, you know Syracuse plays tonight at Ohio at 7 p.m., so that's a big one. Mm. But you look at the slate, man. It's going to be good. Obviously, you know it's the it's the big names. You know it's it's Michigan kicking off at noon. It's Penn State, Wisconsin at noon. That's a nice big um, Big Ten game. And then you go down to the big one tonight, and that's Georgia and Clemson and Charlotte, right? That's going to be a really good one, and I think right. everybody's kind of looking forward to that. But, boy, we have a lot of really good games on the schedule today. It's so nice to have college football back. When you look at the schedule, it's just game after game after game after game after game, and we didn't have that you know, last fall, and obviously it's nice to have that again. Well, Sal, take in the college football action. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend, and I'm sure we'll be speaking to you plenty on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, 10 to 12. Hope everybody knows yes, uh, the launch yeah, of the new too. show, the Extra Point Show, 10 to 12, just so I can get a little plug. Um, you know, we're going to be doing it every day. The Extra Point Show, myself, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Uh, we're coming your way starting at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, the launch of the um, weekday, every day, 10 to 12 Extra Point Show on WGR. We're looking forward to it, having fun, uh, being creative. We'll have guests, and but mostly we're going to have a lot of calls, man. It's going to be a caller-driven show, and we're looking forward to it. All right, well, congratulations to you and Joe, Sal, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Brayton. All right, Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one, and then I'll be very much looking forward to having Derek Kramer back in studio with me. Uh, Derek's been a good friend of mine for for many, many years. Uh, in case you don't know, Derek is going to be back on Sunday mornings for uh, breakfast, breakfast with the Bills fantasy style. He's going to be co-hosting with Louis DiBiase from 7 to 8 o'clock. He's going to kick off our pregame coverage on Sundays for 1 o'clock games. He's going to be back on the air, and I'm really looking forward to having him rejoining me here coming up for the final two hours of the uh, of Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. You'll hear him on some Saturdays as well. He'll be yeah. uh, filling in on Sports Talk Saturday along with me and behind the producer, Mike, so him and I will be working on Saturdays. Very good. A lot more Derek Kramer, more than you can handle, yeah. honestly. Hey, hey listen, I, I can handle Derek Kramer. I'll, I'll take more of Derek Kramer any day. So Derek's going to join me at noon again. Joe Marino coming up at 1230. We'll have plenty of Bills discussions with him. 
him. And then a really fun discussion I want to have because uh, I had this discussion again on Thursday with Mike Baggerman in the uh, WBN newsroom. And uh, it kind of took off. It kind of blossomed. We were asking a bunch of other people. And uh, we'll bring it up at 1 o'clock, and he'll join us at 1.15 to talk more about it. That's all coming up. More on the way here for you on Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary this week on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. Crashers and Arena Rock are expertly curated for sports listeners like you. Introducing hundreds of new exclusive music stations available now only on Odyssey. Back here on Sports Talk Saturday, WGR Sports Radio 550. Whoa, Corey. I don't know what's going on there. Anyway. I know it is. Ah. <laughs> oh, boy. All, all of a sudden, I just hear another spot. And I'm just like, what's going on here? What's okay, so behind the music. Guy? So real quick. There yes. are ads at the station, and mostly when there are commercials in our program, mm-hmm. they're colored green. Except for one ad that is colored like the absence of sound. So mm-hmm. it has no color associated with it as a commercial. That's why. So when it's in the break, it's almost like it's camouflaged so you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I Trust me. I produce Howard and Jeremy every day, and I have to go through all of it. And, yeah, there's some of it. And so like, I get it. I get it. I'm here, like, long enough to forget it. Like, I'm, like I show up on a Saturday, and then I don't show up till the next Saturday. So yeah. a week is long enough for me to forget everything, yeah, literally, I get in my you. life. It's all good. It's all good. No worries, Corey. It's okay. Anyway, that, I was, forgive an, you. that was an ad for something, and we appreciate their sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I was going to bring up the fact that with the, with the Top Gun song that you had, I think that's is that Miami... Almost Miami yep. Sound Machine. Yes, well done. Got it. Uh, yeah, that that's from Top Gun. And um, did the second movie come out yet? No. Is it just like don't, stuck in limbo? Don't, don't get me started, Corey. I I, I <laughs> for people that don't know, Top Gun has been my favorite movie for all time. It came out before I was born, but it's still my favorite movie of all time. Uh, you can fight me all you want, and I will. Uh, I will. I will die on the hill that Top Gun is the greatest movie of all time. It's great cinema. It's great. And it lives up. That's the, like, Jeremy and I have this argument. It's just like, what movies out there, what music out there always lives up to the test of time, no matter how many times you watch it time in and time out again. Top Gun, time and time again, holds up. Yes. Every single time. As corny as it may be, like with the volleyball scene or some of the lines. Oh, it's. It's gaudy. It's a like, perfect 80s movie, and it lives up every single time. It is time. the peak every of time. camp, It's gr- but it's great at it. Uh, so yeah, so Top Gun Maverick is supposed to be coming out around Thanksgiving, but it's been delayed time and time again. It was supposed to come out, I think, what was it, summer of 2020 originally? Um, when they first released the first preview. They really do not want to put that movie they, out until um, they can load theaters with it. Right. That, and I think they had a couple of other things that needed to get done. But trust me, I've been kind of sitting here. I've been like, give me another preview. Give me some sort of other okay. hype. I've already watched the preview Real, for this movie a dozen times. Real like, talk. Give me something more. What if the setting of the movie was like Afghanistan? Oh, Jesus. And like the wars all, all ended oh, before the movie came out. An, a literally twenty-year war ended before they could get that movie in the theaters. I don't. I, I don't think they're. I don't. I don't think they would set it in Afghanistan, though. I mean, listen. I don't know. I, listen. I, I. I don't know either. But it looks good. It, it looks fun. The previews look pretty damn good. Didn't hear um, any Kenny Loggins. There's supposed to be Kenny Loggins. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, apparently, at a uh, like a CinemaCon 
they did like the, the the first 15 minutes of Top Gun Maverick. They showed it to the people in attendance. And I don't know if I want to watch any like reviews on YouTube because I don't know if I want to spoil myself too much no, with that. Like, like this might be one of those movies or whatever that I don't want many spoilers other than give me the previews for the movie. Is it, is it like you don't want the spoiler or is it like you just don't want to hear if people don't like it? I, I, I just, I don't know. I I don't want to hear anything spoil. I mean, I don't know if anything in the first 15 minutes is going to spoil the movie necessarily. But yeah, it's more of like, I don't want people like coming on and like giving a review of the first 15 minutes and making judgments out of that and right. being like, oh, this movie already looks super cheesy or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, I really don't want to ruin it for myself with this. So I, I just I'm going to try to stay away from that until it comes out in th- like near Thanksgiving. And um, I could easily see myself seeing that movie about a dozen times before it comes out on DVD or whatever they come out with now. DVDs are like so 2008. What's but. the last movie you went to see more than once in a theater? More than once in a theater? Oh boy. Um, probably the last Harry Potter. We're late to the break. Who cares? It's radio. Nobody's yeah, listening. I know, right? um, like, I, I think the last movie I went to see like <sighs> way more than once in a movie theater was The Matrix, the first one. Oh, okay. Because okay. that came out like when I was like a junior, senior in high school. Yeah, um, yeah, no, probably the first Harry Potter or the the last Harry Potter, I should say, Deathly Hallows Part Two. That yep. was probably the last one I saw multiple times in theaters, but I only really saw it twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I can't think of one off the top of my head. My wife, if I doubt she's listening, but if she ever brought up this conversation, she'd probably know because she's a big movie. Like she quotes movies all the time, and I'm just like, "What movie is that from?" She gives me the death look, just like, "How dare you don't know what that is dare from?" And I'm like. There's probably <laughs> a ton of people who went to see The Force Awakens more than once. Oh, for sure. That movie had a ton for of sure. hype with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who's this voice? Who's, what? Who's that? What? That's not your other voice? Who's that? What do you mean, what's that? It's the ghost of Takes Past. It, <laughs> it, it is. in the studio. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah. Well, Derek's already butting in because we're well late to the break, and he said, hey, I'm supposed to be on at noon, and it's noon already. Let me on already. Well, not even that. I just I showed up when I was supposed to. Yeah, well, he did. So, so it's uh, your fault for not getting to the break on time, Derek's, Howard. Derek's, I mean, Brayton. Yeah, Derek's. Uh, I'm sitting in Howard's seat, by the way. Uh yeah, Derek's in for the next two hours. When we come back from this break, we'll talk plenty of Bills football. We'll get Derek's thoughts on his main storylines. We'll have Joe Marino coming up at 12:30. Mike Baggerman comes on at 1:15. Lots more to talk about. I was going to talk about hockey that last segment because there were a couple of uh, points, but we'll bring it up later on. Who in the cares? Show. We'll bring it up later on in the show. Corey, you stay out of it. 8030551888552550. Brayton. Wilson filling in for Nate Geary this week here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. An Odyssey Station.